Welcome to Meet, Act, and Part. A Masonic podcast hosted by Midnight Freemasons Greg Knott, Darren Larners, Todd Creason, and Bill Hosler. The views, opinions and experiences that are expressed by the hosts or guests as individual Freemasons do not reflect the official position of any Grand Lodge, appendant body, or Masonic authority to which the hosts or guests belong. And now on with the show. and welcome to another exciting episode of Meet, Act, and Part. This is episode 49, and we're calling it Our Friends from the North, the Wisconsin Badgers. Boy, that's hard for me to say, you know, being a, a fighting Illini fan down here in Illinois. But we want to give a special welcome to uh, Victor and Mike, and we'll come back to them in a minute. But as your host, we should introduce ourselves. And I am one of your co-hosts, Greg Knott. And I'm Bill Hosler. And I am Darren Laners. Well, Victor and Mike, so glad to have you. Uh, you reached out to Bill about a program we'll talk about as the episode unfolds here. But uh, again, want to welcome you to uh, Meet, Act, and Part. And we always start out with kind of what's your Masonic bio and some of your background. So why don't I start with Mike and just give us, Mike, some of your uh, Masonic background, some of your affiliations, et cetera. Well, thanks, brothers. It's it's an honor to join you. I was raised in 2008-2009 uh, in Freemasons Lodge number 363 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I later went through all the chairs, became a past master. I'm a Shriner. I'm a Scottish Rite Mason, have served in several officer, board, trustee, and various committee positions in the Blue Lodge and throughout the Scottish Rite. Last year, I was very honored to receive my 33rd degree from the Scottish Rite Northern Masonic Jurisdiction. I guess overall, I'd say I'm pretty passionate about masonry. I kind of look at it as offering the world an example of setting aside some trivial differences in pursuit of a common good, which seems like it fills a huge vacuum in our world right now. And now I currently serve as a membership chairman for the Grand Lodge of Wisconsin. So that's me. Well, congrats on that 33rd. I was in your class. So I was in uh, Thank you. Cleveland there with you. You were? Yeah, getting the 33rd also. So we share that in common, right? So, hey, it's a small world, especially in uh, Very cool. Freemasonry. Well, congrats to you. Yeah. So, well, it, as you know, that's quite an honor. And uh, you, you never quite know why you're picked for those things. But uh, nonetheless, you, you, obviously, you're deserving. Very true. That's what they, uh, your brethren thought. So, again, congrats on that. Victor, you're also up there in Wisconsin. Of course, we say up there when you're in Illinois, like Darren and I are, or, or Bill's even further south. But uh, give us your uh, Masonic background and what 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 you're doing up there in Freemasonry. Yeah, so uh, Victor Magnus uh, raised uh, Master Mason back in September of 2019. So my journey in Masonry is rather young. I'm in Watoma Lodge 148 up here in Watoma, Wisconsin. So pretty well central to the state. Uh, last year, I served as junior deacon. This year, I am currently the senior deacon. At the Grand Lodge level, I'm involved as well. I am a current district membership representative, or DMR, for District 6, which kind of encompasses central Wisconsin. Uh, I've got 14 lodges in my district that I make contacts with. And also, got um, selected to serve on the education committee this year at 
for Grand Lodge. So it was quite an honor to be sought out from that. And I'm just, I'm excited to be here. I listen to you guys every time I see a new episode pop up. Uh, so it's, it's, this is, this is exciting for me. We appreciate anybody that listens to us. You know, sometimes in the interwebs, you wonder, does anybody read it? Does anybody listen? So thank you very much that, you know, it's always good to get some validation that somebody's listening uh, to these because we, we do enjoy putting them on. Well, you reached out, one of you reached out to Bill, and it was about a program that the Grand Lodge of Wisconsin uh, has and means of handling inquiries and such uh, for membership. But why don't we talk a little bit broader first, and I think it dovetails right in there, really, the importance of membership. There's been, you know, countless books and articles and podcasts ad nauseum about membership. And okay, yeah, we're in decline. We'll get that out of the way. That's it's not even really relevant to looking forward because that's to me that's where we got to look. And as as I went through your website, the Grand Lodge of Wisconsin website tonight, uh, I love the fact that you're using all all the materials or many of them from the the you know Northern Masonic jurisdiction. And one of the things that you answer to me is the why you know why freemasonry you've got the the vision and the mission out there all front and center for somebody that may be surfing the web and, and looking around to find out about freemasonry so why don't you talk about membership and then we can sort of transition uh with darren and bill also asking some questions about the inquiry program that the grand lodge of wisconsin has established well victor you want me to i'll start off this is uh the why membership you know, it's, it's this bummer to hear over the course of several years that we're declining, we're declining, we're declining. I'm saying we're compacting. And now that we've got that done, you know, we can we can expand. So I'm not one to look at the decline as necessarily a negative thing. I think if, if we talk about when you when you look at what happened after World War II, there was a handful of, of uh, brothers a while ago that put together some stats. And they, they basically sort of pointed out that post-World War II swell as somewhat of a statistical anomaly that came back based off of these these world event things. So in that study, they they basically said that we're not really different from a percentage of the population as we were well before that. So I, I don't know how true that is and whether it does us any good. But, you know, my attitude to an increase in, in membership is I, I, I want more brothers. I'm I'm having a good time with the brothers that I've got. I'd like to have I'd like to have more of them. And fundamentally I think that answers for me the the why. I don't know, Victor, if you got something. For me, it was a continuation of my kind of my fraternal experience in college. I had a, a phenomenal experience with the uh, Sigma Chi fraternity, and it was really focusing on developing leaders. And I, I really enjoyed that bond and that brotherhood. And from there, I was serving in the military. And I knew that as my military career was reaching kind of that end, it was like, well, I, I'm going to need another type of brotherhood, another type of uh, group of people to be with. And I want to be more involved in my community. I've, I've served at high levels with the military, and here I have the opportunity then to, to make that impact at home. So I sought Freemasonry out for that reason. And just like you, um, I'm passionate about it, got involved at a very young you know, a portion of my journey, and I want others to experience it. I really, truly do. And part of my drive on the program that we do is I was at Online Inquiry. Uh, in episode 47, you guys talked about that Online Inquiry. And I sent that email, waited a while, 
sent the second email. I waited a while. They sent the third email, waited a while, never heard anything back. Eventually, I ran into members of the lodge at a business after five event. And I said, hey, did you get my email? And uh, gentleman's like, I didn't know we had email. So I sat in the dark for a year when I was starting to inquire along my journey and was left unanswered. And, and how many men are left unanswered? So when this program was evolving, I was like, I want to be involved. I've been there and uh, I, I don't want that to happen. So that's that's really my why on where I'm at for membership uh, because there are good there are great men out there that want to be part of a fraternity. You know, I attended this spring or winter uh, in, in Grapevine, Texas. The Shriners had a mar- membership and marketing program, and I went down there, and it was very good. But they talked about this very specific topic, and I don't remember the exact statistic offhand. But, Victor, to your point, even, you know— there was Blue Lodge inquiries they were talking about. Then they were even talking about be a org website and how few or how poor sometimes the follow up was. And I think that's what you're going to talk about tonight, you and Mike. So why don't we go from there and see what your thoughts are? Well, yeah, you're absolutely right, Greg. So the BeAFreemason.org, which was largely that combination of the Scottish Rite Northern Southern Jurisdictions and the Shriners, they pulled together this program. They created these tremendous assets and these and these pieces of content and, and videos that, you're right, we, we do leverage strongly on on the, the Grand Lodge Wisconsin website. But the disturbing thing, and, and I guess the positive thing, is we were putting together this program last year, year before last, and we started trying to, to figure out the path that we were going to take with this thing. Thing. They did a survey. They, so they they had sent out tens of thousands across all the jurisdictions. I think they had the the fifty states and then a, a couple neighboring countries that they were pushing out to as well too. And they they cycled back and they interviewed nine hundred and forty eight men who completed this national web form during the year of twenty twenty. And sixty eight percent of these people were never contacted by a lodge, which is is painfully staggering. Now, the, the the almost sadly funny part is, is that they said, okay, well, that must have been the pandemic and that must have been 2020. So more recently, they went back and they interviewed from last year's and the number actually got worse by another, I don't know, six, six, seven percent or so. So th- there is this problem of where the lodges aren't following up. And we knew when we were trying to throw together the, the, the Wisconsin program that we were going to have to address that from the start because what we didn't want to do is have some success in getting these leads in by doing, we're doing web advertisement and we're doing Facebook social outreach and we're doing all these different pieces. But if people are faced with the experience that Victor had hitting either a local lodge or even even in the old case before we had any way of decently tracking any prospective men coming in, then it was going to be a failure. And we just, we needed to know that we could throw a system in and have have some accountability and create some follow-up on it. So that was a pretty fundamental piece of, of what we threw together when we started building the program. Darren? I was just going to add, uh, I think it's interesting and also tragic that as an organization, we we are trying to recruit new membership. We're always, you know, Grand Lodges, especially here in Illinois, it's you kind of hear the, the membership mantra, you know, membership, membership, membership. But I don't know that particularly our Grand Lodge has anything in place other than the Grand Secretary forwarding on online inquiries to the Lodge Secretary. And then that requires that Lodge Secretary 
to follow up. And I'm, I'm betting that that's probably the case in a lot of jurisdictions. And you're going to find where you have large secretaries that, I mean, quite frankly, I just became an assistant secretary and I had no idea, you know, what, what really went into to being a large secretary until I started doing it. And uh, there's a lot of bureaucratic paperwork and, and such that, that is part of that job. So uh, I can understand why a lodge secretary may be hesitant to to reach out, but uh, I think my broader point is that it just shows that Grand Lodges should be aware of this as an issue, and I, I guess I'm happy that the you guys in Wisconsin have have addressed this because it's something I think that's probably a glaring need here in in Illinois. The arrangement that was in in our state before this program was followed exactly that, Darren. It was. Uh, the the web form that was there, it, it wasn't necessarily well crafted. I think they said that they probably got five leads uh, per month, and it did go to the grand secretary. And not, nothing, yeah. I mean, we, we know how the the lodge secretaries, how buried they can be. The grand secretary is facing this usually times the multiple of whatever the lodges are in the state. So, but what but we were seeing is it would take a couple, three, four or five days before they would forward it to the secretary of the lodge. And then is that a black hole? And did anybody follow up on that? So you you, you may have the experience that Victor have, had where if you put something in at the state level, it takes a while to, to percolate its way through. And it, it, it's... It, it might have been something if we were talking about 20, 30, 40 years ago for that to be acceptable. But now if you go to a website to have new gutters and you fill something out and you don't get a response back, at least by the next day, you're going you're gonna to lose interest on it. And then the other part of the problem is if somebody waited a week before they responded on these new gutters, then that the, the urgency that they may have felt or the interest may have waned. And we're, we're rather fickle in terms of our, of our interest level. And we wanted to make sure that we could capitalize on it. What, what we did at the tail end of, of ultimately what this is, is we dressed up the website. We, we basically hired a company to help us create a, a more attractive website. And we put a form front and center on there. We do have it wired into a CRM system, HubSpot, which that, that mechanism isn't necessarily the important part. But the fact that it's creating a record in the CRM system that we're using to follow up is the, is the critical part. That lead comes in and, and our, our timer is already starting on it. So we have somebody on our membership committee that is is going. Oh, hey, you know they're they're in this part of Wisconsin, so this is the district, and we knew that we needed some intermediary between having that form get completed and having that that routed before it got to the lodge. We know we needed some accountability at a district level to say, hey, secretary, or hey, whoever, you're not you're not reaching out, and this person is is sort of stuck in limbo. And part of what we also did on that form is that we we upped the ante, right? So we, we basically put an attestation statement on that form that says, hey, if, if you're filling out this form, you're a, you're a man that lives in Wisconsin, you're at least 18 years of age, you have a belief in a supreme being, you're of good, good moral character or whatever. And that's a, a box, click the box and press submit. And that too helped. And and in the process of doing that and then feeding through all these various advertising campaigns that we were doing, which we weren't trying to be, to be obnoxious with, with any of these advertising campaigns. We weren't trying to, to push a Ford F-150 in front of everybody's face here. But in, in terms of doing that, we took that five a month and we're up to, I think, over 100 
I think on average, the weeks, each week we're fielding between 30 and 40 leads per week across our state. And no, not everyone becomes a Mason, right? But we are, we're seeing some pretty interesting stuff. And, and perhaps the most fascinating thing that's come out of that is we ask the question, do you know any Freemasons? Do you know, is, are, if so, is it a relative? Is it a friend or is it none? And the none makes up two thirds of the people that we're getting to fill out the web form. So these are people that we've, that we feel they didn't have a path to Freemasonry. They didn't have the neighbor. They didn't have the, uh, the friend, the cousin, the whatever that was going to introduce them or, or set an example of what Freemasonry is. So these are people that either have been wondering, I wonder what this is. We're, we're doing other things across the state to try and draw awareness to it. And if somebody goes to that website, they'll be coached into saying, hey, here, if you want to initiate your journey, press this button and we'll have a conversation. Yeah. And, you know, Mike, it, it kind of what you just described, I don't know what your philosophy is in Wisconsin in terms of like, can you ask somebody to join or that kind of a thing? But I've in Illinois, we don't, but we have what's called invitation to petition, which essentially is the same thing in my mind. But to your point, you're, you know, you've put together a marketing program and to try to raise awareness of the Grand Lodge to increase the inquiries and such. Did you get any pushback from you know, I'll call it maybe those with more traditional uh, ways of looking at some of the membership things or Victor, feel free to answer either one of you. I'll start Victor with, with this one because I like to say I wasn't, I, I didn't really choose to do this job. I was skillfully manipulated into doing this job. And the the conversation went uh, as, as, as I was saying, okay, look, if I do this, I have some ground rules. One, if I get one guy over the course of the year, that's a good guy that becomes a Mason. I'm calling that a win. I don't want numbers. I don't want quota. I don't want to have to worry about how we're pushing things through the through the West Gate that don't belong in the West Gate. So I'm not going to lower standard. I, I don't want to do that. And I'm also a believer, and, and maybe this was was probably an, uh, one of the things that I knew I, I might accidentally bump some heads on. I'm not a believer of waving a petition in front of somebody's face. Uh, I call that hand-to-hand combat in masonry, and I, I don't think it's an effective thing. I, 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 you don't necessarily know the character that's there. So what we wanted to do was to paint a picture to as wide a population of decent, possibly decent guys as we can and say, we're over here and we're cool, join us or don't. And so we, we too, we too, Greg, have, have the, hey, I think you'd make a good mason, and we kind of we dropped the hint there. But the, the thing that is the most fascinating is we, we started this process on social media, and one of the things that we discovered is we started engaging these these conversations with guys that we're seeing are are the content that we were putting on social media is I was never asked to be a Freemason. This guy says, you know, I, th- I thought you had to get a direct invite to join. I thought you had to be invited by a member. And one of them that we had that just that just burns in my head is a guy that said, I, I thought you needed to be invited. I was a Demolay many moons ago. So the, the sad thing out there is. They're thinking we have to ask them, and we're thinking they're going to ask us, and here we're wondering why we have an empty dance floor. So at least by getting out and saying, here, we're not going to, we're not going to ask, but we're going to inform, and we're going to give the right message because the real Freemasonry is different than the crazy thing you're seeing on the internet. And that was really what we wanted to do is to, to establish this thing of we want to be more informative and louder than the misinformation and craziness that we're seeing. And, and we found some really good examples for that. Victor, anything you want to toss in there? I've had a few lodges that have kind of had a pushback, and that's fine. 
I mean, I understand it from a military perspective. When higher headquarters gets involved, you kind of just want to ignore it anyways. And what do they know anyhow down here at the lower levels? But after talking with a few of those lodges and explaining that, these are men who are knocking on the digital door of masonry. They are interested. Um, this is a program designed to help the whole, the whole fraternity within our state and then getting our message out and our details about our program, hopefully to encourage others uh, to be able to utilize something similar. And I, I told a few of the, uh, the masters that, you know, all I'm doing is talking to an individual. I'm screening them. I'm ensuring that they, they meet our beliefs. They, they meet the requirements, uh, conduct a, uh, our background check. We verify that, yeah, they are a good man, care, you know, a man of good character. We do some of those things up front and pre-screen it, and then we provide them some of our information and things like that for men that are interested, and then we have a conversation. So I might get a lead. I might I might get a lead on a guy today, and I'm going to email him. I'm going to text him, and I might finally connect with them in three or four days. And at that point, we open up a conversation, and you know. Every DMR, I think, is a little different in some of our process. But usually after about 10 to 14 days, I've had multiple types of conversations with these guys. And some of them right away, I'm like, I want I, I, I want this man to my lodge. I don't even want to send him across the state. you know. <laughs> and I, we tell them that once they are handed off to you and your lodge. It's your process. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to follow up. I'm going to ensure that you're contacting this individual because they're interested and I'm, I'm not going to leave you alone until I know. And then on the, on the same side, I'm talking to that uh, interested uh, man. Hey, have you heard from the lodge? I know so-and-so said they were going to email you. Did you receive that email? Is it better for them to text you during a certain time of day that you guys haven't connected? And sometimes lodges get ghosted Sometimes lodges are a little slow because of who they have assigned to, to respond. And we've gotten a couple lodges to adjust uh, kind of a, a membership chairman. They're going to handle those leads that come in now. And once they're there, it's, 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 it's on your time frame. If, if your lodge has a six-month minimum before a petition can even be handed, that's, that's up to you. We don't control it at your level. What we're, we're trying to do is provide interested men in your community who look up to men like you. They want to be like you. There's a reason they're knocking on the door. They just don't know where the door is in town. They don't know when your meetings are because there ain't updated websites and Google listings. Uh, They don't know where to find information. Do you have a Facebook? Do you have a Twitter? So once you get that message across, it's been nothing but positive. and, And they're always excited. When I call, they usually know I've got somebody that's interested in their lodge and the conversations are always fantastic. I always end up spending an hour on the phone with the, the master or the secretary every time I call. And I, th- I think too, there's, there's something that we, it, it, I, first off, I would assume hosts of this show and also several of the officers at the Grand Lodge level, there, there's a different personality type, right? Masons aren't all extroverts, right? We don't all do a great job of having these conversations with people. So part of what we wanted to do with the district membership representative is get a guy who's who's comfortable having those conversations. And and Darren, to the to the point of the lodge secretary, there's the lodge secretary isn't necessarily required to be an outgoing guy. So one of the things to to Victor's point is this 
there is somebody in that lodge that, that probably would be comfortable. A lot of times it's the younger guys, right? It's the newer guys. They've, they've got the more of the energy as they have coming in. So that that's a thing, but it's just having someone that can say, Hey, th- this is, this is what masonry is. And, and we don't want to do this whole, well, we take good men and, and make them better. Cause that's vague, right? Good men and make them better. That, that could be a health club. That could be the Marines, right? So we need to kind of give the, look, this is what masonry means to me, right? That this is the experience that I've, that I've had on it and, and the way that it's touched, touched my interests on here. And by the way, that is one narrow segment, right? If you're, if you're interested in the history, you could really focus on that. If you're interested in the esoteric side, you can focus on that. If you're interested in the, the community outreach stuff, there, there's so many ways that a person can contribute. And the odds are high that one of the guys that a DMR like Victor is going to talk about is going to resonate with one piece of that message over the other. And then they get in, right? Then they go, oh, hey, this esoteric stuff is kind of cool. Or the community stuff is kind of cool. And and that's that's how we give them something that they can that they can dig in and get stickier with it, right? Because it's more than just getting them in. Obviously, we want to give them an experience that will allow them to stick around. Bill, do you have any questions or observations? Yeah, I'm, I like what I'm hearing. I mean, this is something that has been needed, oh, for a long time now. I remember in Indianapolis, more years than I care to talk about, as they put billboards up all around the outer perimeter of the city, and they've set up a special website just to get people to contact them. Well, they people they had all kinds of responses, but Grand Lodge or nobody ever sent them out to the local lodges. So it's yeah. You know, so this is, and I've heard this lots of times. And I I was tr- I was talking with the Grand Master of Texas last year. Well, he's this year. He's, he was last year. He was you know looking to become the Grand Master. And we were talking about something like this. In fact, I wish I'd have known about you guys back then. I would have had him put him in touch with you guys. Well, one of the things we pretty much was doing the same thing as what you all are doing. The only thing different that I've heard is when they fill out the form and they're given an option of which lodges to petition or, you know, to visit. We talked about giving them like four or five local lodges within a, maybe a 20 mile residence. Cause I mean, Sometimes it's all about the attitude. I was just sitting here thinking about the very first time I ever met the brethren of uh, the lodge that I ended up joining, as, and I was just a petitioner. And I visited the building, and I walked in, and we were going to have supper, and they were going to have a special event. And he looked at me, you know, an 80-year-old guy. He came up to me and said, I don't know why in the blankety-blank you're wanting to join this thing anyway. Masonry's going to be dead in five years. And I, I got to admit, it took me back a little bit. And I thought, well, you know, <laughs> it takes a lot for me to stand down. So I want to try it. And I'll ride it out. You know, and now that brother's not here, but Masonry still is. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, not only just the petition, you know, and we're getting it into the hands of the, lot, the local lodge, but sometimes it's just, the brethren themselves at that lodge. If it's, you know, if you got a 20 year old young fellow who's interested, but everybody there is, you know, the average age of dead, you know, chances are they're going to be sitting there and they're not going to include him and stuff. And I think that's something we ought to, and, you know, it put into this too is not only get brethren to the lodge, but talk to the lodges and say, hey, unless you want to, you know, really just go extinct. You know, we, you're going to have to start thinking about this and, you know, maybe even have like a class for the membership chairman to come in and talk about that. I mean, 
Because I think it's just as important as membership is also retention. And yep. I mean, we've had more, I've seen all kinds of brethren over the years come in and then they run right, you know, they knock on the front door and then after about a week, they run right out the back door. Yeah. Right. And I, and one of the big things and you bring it up, Bill, is part of it is part of my role is making sure that, you know, I had to reach out and get to know members of these lodges. You know, what's, what's, what's the culture in your lodge? Are you guys really interested? You got a lot of guys who fish. You got a lot of guys who hunt. Are you more community orientated? Are you guys more into real deep into Masonic education? Because that's where it gets critical because you want to line them up with a lodge that seems to pique their interest. You may not always be a hundred percent and you may not have an option depending on where we are and, you know, in, in rural Wisconsin, kind of where I'm at per se. You know, I've got a lodge 20 miles to the, what, south, south, uh, southeast. I've got another one 40 miles, you know, 30 miles, 30 miles. So it's it's a bit of a drive for, uh, for someone in my area. So once you start talking to these guys, if they're willing to drive, then uh, I, I, I will encourage them. You know what? I'm going to send your information off to a couple lodges that I think you really need to take the time and, and meet these meet these brethren and make sure that the culture is right for you. I don't want you to start a journey and a process that, Six months, a year down the road, you're like, why did I do this? And, and you felt like you've wasted your time because if you're truly interested, we want to make this completely valuable. And I, and I think Mike can expand a little bit more on it. But not only is this portion of what we're doing, but on the education side, that's, that's another kind of a multi-prong approach on the retention. It's great to get them in the door, but how do we keep them? And majority of the conversations I have, these men are interested in how do I become better? How do I get more involved? And you start talking about Masonic education and you start explaining to them that, yeah, there's the history, here's the esoterics, and there's guy, they have a drive, they want that. Well, if they want that, they, the lodge has to have it and the lodge needs to be informed of it. And we have made tremendous strides on the Masonic education side through our website, a members only area. We're, we're focused on you know, small little tidbits. If you're an entered apprentice, here is a here's a six to eight minute conversation, and then here's five or six questions, so I can hammer those things away with you. And then, if you want to get a little bit more deeper, maybe we've got a a podcast. Uh, further further light is that is that correct, Mike? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Further light is a um, a, a Wisconsin Grand Lodge uh, sponsored podcast that is providing our members, you know, a fifteen minute clip. And then you can have all the conversation you want. And then you get onto the website, you log in, and there's the Masonic College. You can get into deeper, deeper lessons that might be 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And these are self-driven. So it's 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 important that once a guy gets in, like you said, Bill, provide them the things that they need to be there. Be it be it the education, be it they want to be involved, make them a leader, put them in charge, hold them accountable. And that is a message that the Grand Lodge is doing a phenomenal job at here in Wisconsin through the district deputies of, hey, this, this, these are the things we need to do to be successful across the spectrum of our state. I think Victor hits on it pretty, pretty well, because if you look at, at retention, at least, at least as it relates to, to, to my opinion and to, to a lot of the, the, the membership committee, is retention is it's more than just keep keep sending a bill to someone and keep asking them for 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 dues there there is the need to get education and to give them a reason to come back to get to get that education then there is the need to have some activities 
that are are fun. It's not just let's let's raise guys, let's do some more degrees or something. Let's let's maybe wire in a little bit with the family, or let let's make the dinner that we're doing the spaghetti dinner a little bit more entertaining, or let's go out afterwards and and do something there. Victor hit on something that's one of my favorite things. Ask ask the new guy to be the backup chaplain, right? Memorize this prayer, give this charge, learn these different pieces so that so that they immediately get on the sidelines going, maybe the chaplain's not going to be here. I mean, that, that is that is such a crafty thing. That was what what the Master of the Lodge did for me the first year that I that I was involved was, hey, chaplain sometimes not isn't around. Learn the backup prayer and, and it did. It it immediately made me feel like something was on there. One of the things we have to remember though, I, there there's there's something I heard several years ago that sticks in my head and it really applies to masonry. Friendship happens on the way to something else, right? So give them the something else. Give them the the shared activities, give whatever it is, and then they, they're coming back for the friendship, right? You'd have to assume sooner or later we'll run out of something to teach them. But if the bond got created, where now they're going there and saying, Hey, you know. Bob, it's really great to see you. Let's let's chat, and you can get those friendships formed. So I think what's really important at the local lodge level is have the officers always greet people. But even more than saying, "Hey, you know, welcome, welcome," you have to say, "Hey, you're an electrician, right? This guy over here is a plumber. I, I bet you guys have messed things up together." And chat, you know. So get them to form connections with each other instead of just with the officers. Find some reason to give two guys an opportunity to work together and get those friendships started. That's what I think is is underlying a lot of the retention success. Darren is he's actually one of our Grand Lodge area education officers. And I was just curious, Darren, if you had any comments back to especially the point of once they're in the door, because we've talked some about this about on the retention side in education. Uh, Darren, if you had any comments or thoughts. Yeah, not only am I area education officer, but I also serve on our Grand Lodge Committee for Masonic Education here in the state of Illinois. And uh, I'll tell you, Victor, you guys are light years ahead of of uh, where we are currently. You're kind of where we want to be. We're just now. We've had probably pre-COVID, we kind of had a, a lot of turnover in our head uh of the state educational effort uh, at the Grand Lodge level. So, uh, and then during COVID, it was just kind of uh, uh, nothing was happening. Uh, So we finally, I think, have a very strong committee and we're looking at building out a lot of the things that you mentioned. I think it, it seems that at least your Grand Lodge is very supportive of educational efforts. At least that's what I'm I'm reading between the lines here. I'm I'm not so sure our Grand Lodge is, and and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I just I, I think that it seems to always have been for whatever reason, uh, but especially since we kind of didn't, we've not had a stable leader in the position over the Grand Lodge Committee of Education that, that it lost some of the, the luster. So we're, we're trying to, to recapture, recapture a lot of the Grand Lodge's, the, our Grand Lines, I'm sorry, our Grand Lines attention to, you know, make them aware that education is a huge part of retaining membership. And uh, I often feel that uh, our, our Grand Lodge is all about recruiting membership and wants to recruit new members, you know, obviously pushing membership, but 
that we do a very bad job on the back end trying to, you know, retain members. So I guess a question I may have would be, was there like a change in philosophy from your Grand Lodge? Has your Grand Lodge always been supportive of education or or as part of this membership development, you've kind of also hand in hand said, hey, look, you know, we're going to get, we're looking to get these members, but we need this way. We need to also retain them. And, and this is a path to do that. So I I think Wisconsin leadership at the Grand Lodge level, we've been extremely fortunate from having a, a string of past masters that recognized the need to establish a strategic plan. And, and there is a strategic plan in the Grand Lodge of Wisconsin line, right? So it's 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 the thing that everybody could read. And basically what it was, and and I'm not sure exactly how many years ago it was it was put in place, but it, it, it's a strategic plan. And, and what's nice is as the progressive line of Grand Lodge officers goes through this, they're working on the strategic plan each year. They're, they're refining it, but they're being exposed to it from the top of that progressive line to the bottom of that progressive line. So it's, it's, it's kind of largely built in and their exposure to it just helps to refine it. But it also, I think, helps to guide their thought and their path. And then that strategic plan, it's pretty obvious. Hey, we need members. Hey, we got to educate these guys. Hey, we have to manage the finances properly. Hey, we have to do all these different things. So when you start getting guys that are coming through that, then they are built in with the appreciation of let's develop membership. Let's educate the members. Let's find a way to retain these guys. And then I, I, I don't know how significant of a change this was because some of this occurred prior to me, but I've been in this chair for, I don't know, two plus years now. And one of the the changes that did occur is that they took the membership chair and the education chair and they're included in all the staff activities. So when we do quarterly meetings at a Grand Lodge planning level and at a Grand Lodge update level, I'm there and the education chair is there. So we're hearing what is going on and we're delivering what's going on. So we're, we're giving our updates along with everything else, and we're finding ways to make sure that we're wiring these things in. And I think that's a huge, huge reason for this, for a good chunk of the success was for, for the, the progressive line to have had the foresight to do that, to recognize that we need to get these guys, these chairs, a seat at the table. They need to hear what, what is happening, and we need to hear what they're doing. And so we're held to some accountability to that because we can't just kind of go, oh, okay, you know, let's meet every month or whatever it is. So from a from the the membership committee, uh, we meet a lot. You know, it's all it's all virtual for the most part until it isn't. But so we 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 have our initiatives. We're we're just going down the list of trying to take these initiatives down. And I know the education committee is also super active in in doing that as well too. And they've they've really pushed forward and made some good stuff. So I, I think that's kind of a fundamental reason for some of the success that we're seeing and how we're able to move the needle a little bit more in the last couple of years. I'm curious, as you look forward, how sustainable are these efforts in the next three years, four years? So from from a membership standpoint, there were there, there were really three things that we're that we're trying to do, right? And and then I can can address what what the sustainability I think is. The, the, the mission is pretty straightforward. Number one, we have to increase awareness of the real Freemasonry, the real Freemasonry, not the crazy stuff that, that people are seeing, right? You go, you do the web search, and, and you wind up seeing conspiracy theories and misinformation and all these different things that we supposedly worship and everything else. And my favorite one was the video 
that shows the secret Masonic handshake exchange between Pope Francis and Nancy Pelosi that has had literally 200,000 views on YouTube. That is, that is my favorite of the crazy that is, that is out there. So as I mentioned before, we just want to be slightly louder than the misinformation and the crazy so that somebody searches Freemasonry. And, and, and part of the way we're doing that is we're, we're buying some of the search. So we, we are paying for some of those Google ads so that we will get at the top um, or closer to the top than, than the crazy and the misinformation. So when somebody is searching for Freemasonry or how to become a Mason, they're going to land on our site. And we geographically fence that so that it's in Wisconsin. So we're not taking any of your, your nice Illinois leads. But we're doing that on increasing, increasing the awareness of Masonry, right? So at the Grand Lodge level, it's the website, it's social media, it's the digital and, and physical and statewide ads. And we don't do billboards, but we do have nine semis on the road that have this, not just a man, a Mason thing, which is kind of nifty cool. From a local lodge standpoint, how are they going to increase that, that Freemasonry? Well, they, they've got their community visibility, their open houses. Any Mason should wear a, a shirt to pin or a hat. And as I say, just get caught being a good guy. So that's the things that they can do at that level. And then once we have that, we just want to extend the invitation and knock on the door. And that's where we've got the web form and have people fill out the web form. And then the last part is follow up effectively. We've, we've been given a gift of someone with interest. Don't screw it up, right? So, and that's where the district membership reps and having the lodges and stuff go. So if, if we do that and we start looking at, at the numbers, I, I tried an experiment. Uh, with with really trying to dig in and, and look for the numbers and and I I'm fairly confident that there is between two and three percent of the men that are in the state of Wisconsin that that could be my brothers and it I'm not picking that number well I, I don't know you can be perfectly exact no matter what you're doing but Wisconsin is an example we've got like 5.8 5.9 million people cut that cut that in half you've got a number of men you take the men that that it's easy enough to find voting men. And men over the age of 70 and whatever it is. So we're almost at 2 million men that are within an eligible range in the state of Wisconsin to, to be a Freemason. But we also know that we have, to, we have to know that they have a belief in a supreme being. And we have to also know that there's some alignment with their belief structure in their church and whatever they're supporting stuff behind this to have that religious alignment. And Pew Research Forum publishes the, the, uh, the survey of how they go off in the interview and they say, oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Muslim, I, I'm, I don't have a belief uh, structure, I don't have a whatever. And when you overlay that, you get roughly 30% of the population that have what I would call a religious alignment. They're, they're not way off to the evangelical side where they usually would discourage participation in Freemasonry and they're not atheists and they're not agnostics or whatever it is. So that represents 30%. Well, once you get that and you do the math in my state, that's 570,000 guys. So I'm going to assume that if I line 10 of these guys off, that I could resonate with the Freemasonry message with one out of 10 of them, right? So now I'm at roughly 50, high 50,000s on there. I already have 9,000 of those guys that I call brother, right? So that's 48,000 guys left in the state of Wisconsin that I have yet to get a message in front of. And when you do the math on there and you start comparing it to other states, that's two, two and a half, almost 3% of people. So we got a lot of oil, a lot of ocean to boil, I think at this point. And I think, so we can keep doing this for quite a while. And, and, you know, we have in a sense, a governor on this engine right now. I mean, we, we don't, we don't just blast all these ads out because we know that even with even with the pace that we're 
that we're passing these off to the lodges, it's potentially overwhelming. I mean, we're trying to figure out how do we do the Masonic Day of Lights? How do we wind up helping lodges that haven't done a degree in a long time do degrees? Or how do you deal with the fact that you might have 10, 10 guys all of a sudden landing in a lodge and, and a lot of experience that, that just can't quite put them together? So I, I think we have headroom on this. I think this headroom goes on for quite a while. And I think success begets success, too, because, you know, Victor, I'm sure when you when you were coming through, there were friends that observed the fun that you're having or the passion that you've got for this. And, and they're going, hey, I'm, I'm curious about this. I want to see this. And then the hand-to-hand combat, as I refer to it, that it stands a better chance. No, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, you make a very important point about you could pretend you had unlimited funds to do the the advertising piece of it. But I think you just hit on something very important, too, was even if all that works and you have hundreds of inquiries and then those turn into petitions, there's a capacity, Governor, even at the local level of how – because, you know, let's be honest. Most lodges, at least in Illinois, we can't do our own degree work. We have to share people, you know. I'm sure it's the same there. So there's a – you're right. There's a capacity limit and a burnout potential. You know, for lodges, which would be an amazing problem to have, right? But right, all those things. I think Mike and Victor, you, you you just hit on something very important. That that's if you think through a membership campaign and then an education campaign. Well, the step in between there is making sure you, you can get the work done, get them raised, and then you know, and still have the members you did have before, and not burn them out, and you know, run them off. So we're doing we're doing something really cool coming up in so we've been doing these Masonic Day of Lights, right? This kind of what what a lot of states will call batching or or the the group raising or whatever. And so we've done a number of of those using straight blue lodge. But one of the things that that is coming up in November is a day of light that's being driven by the Shriners. And the dispensation came through that said, Shriners, you get to wear your hats as you're doing this. So now you got all the Shriners. That are very excited of kind of going, oh, hey, you know, we're trying to grow membership too. The more people see the Fez, the more that they potentially get excited on that. And in March uh, of next year, we're setting up to do the same thing with the Scottish Rite guys. So the Scottish Rite guys do their hats. They, or they, you know, a lot of them have degree teams. I was on a Scottish Rite degree team for, for a handful of years as well, too. So, and now what you get, and, and this is one of the things I, I love about doing that at that level, you get guys from individual lodges in a district getting to know each other, right? And I think that's one of the things about the appendant bodies that I like the most is I'm getting exposed now to guys that are in, in, my, in my district that I wouldn't have otherwise hung out with once or twice a month. So I, I think you can, you can generate a lot of excitement from the appendant bodies in, in terms of helping the individual lodges start to raise these guys once we, once we get them in. Bill. Why don't we? Uh, we'll just kind of do a few last round of thoughts here, and uh, and and get towards the end of our episode. Bill, what other thoughts or questions, Mike, you have for uh, Mike or Victor? Well, I was thinking I've been trying to preach different venues for advertising. So many people they say, "Well, we're on Facebook, and we put in a Facebook ad. You know, spent twenty dollars and didn't hear anybody." Well, that's true, but you know, we got all those crazy videos on YouTube. What if a Grand Lodge were to go up there and make up of their own video and say, would you like to know about the real Freemasonry, not something that you're going to see on this crazy medium? If you're interested, visit org or whatever, 
And you could run the same thing on YouTube. You could run it on TikTok, which I did a uh, marketing study a few, about a year or two ago. And, and that's pr- pretty much most of our target demographic is TikTok these days. Right. You know, our, our ages is the ones that go to Facebook now, even if that's, that's even still the case. But TikTok is where, where all the, the, the uh, prospects are. But some of the people I've talked, oh, that, that doesn't look very good. Well, why? You know, I mean, I remember a few years ago, back in the day, when they're, well, you're on AOL, you, you know, that's, you can't, you know, it's just, <laughs> but I think it's a great, but I was also thinking something that I completely forgot about <laughs> my, hold on. But, <laughs> Well, as you're thinking, as you're thinking that one, I can I can give you some background on some of those those different pieces of content. So, um, the low hanging fruit was to use the beafreemason.org videos, and uh, and we leverage those heavily. One of the things that I'm that I'm preaching, I, I got invited to speak in front of, of the Cogman of the Council of Grand Masters and the Masonic Renewal Committee and whatever it is. I, I'm I'm very much interested in trying to get a cross jurisdictional group. There, there, there isn't a reason why the Illinois, well, at least I, I wouldn't think why the Illinois version of what a Freemason really is should be all that much different than the Wisconsin one. I mean, maybe we have a different logo that winds up in the back of it, or maybe we catch a different kind of fish or something. But, but I, I think there's an opportunity for us to continue to use this grouping of creating content that we can do it and play it at a local level, but still generate it in a more cost-effective way by doing it together. I, I like the TikTok idea. One of the things that we do is we have the the interstitial ads, the pre-rolls or the intermediate rolls for YouTube. So we, we do have those that we tuck in into the demographic that we're aiming at. One of the things that we've also are experimenting with is what's known as OTT over the top ads, which are the ones that are very hyper-targeted for people that are doing streaming of like Hulu and, and such like that, so that we can tuck again one of those little 15 second or 30, 30 minute content information things in, in front of that. And then, of course, we've got the we've got the the web ads that are that are showing up, you know, as you're as you're searching for something that those are showing in there. there, there there's so many opportunities for us to drop that message in front of people. But yeah, Bill, I, I, I love the idea. And I think but there, we had a conversation recently in the membership committee about using reels, which is one of the Facebook I guess probably competitor to TikTok might be a way to say it if you're not familiar with it, but I think it's a great opportunity, Bill. Yeah, I was actually thinking also about the streaming services too. I forgot to mention that, but Reels is a grand idea. Anything that you could actually post a link on and make it go right directly to your membership page. And I remember what another thing I was thinking too is, is, you know, we do have the problem with the overcapacity and such. But there's a way to cure that if we were to actually decide to cut through the Masonic red tape and actually use common sense for once. <laughs> yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. Is why don't, you know, I don't know how many in Wisconsin it takes to start a new lodge, but start adding new lodges to the thing. You know, in England, if you have a lodge over 35, they tend to break that off when they start going to a, you know, and, and they can have affinity lodges. Chris Hodak's been on that mm-hmm. for years. He's been trying to get a, a, um, a pipe smoking lodge for I don't know how long. Ooh, I'd, but. I'd go to that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of those. There's, in England, they have them for soccer. They have them for people in show business. There's all these different things you could do. But, you know, each one of those, especially if they're young guys, they might actually like the idea of doing degree work and, you know, 
put them to it. So, you know, instead of having one lodge in a 40-mile area, I mean, let's face it, brethren, you know, you've got a Masonic temple that it's it's there seven days a week, but you may only use it one night a month. And so you could go up there and you could have as many lodges as you could think about. Plus, you know, if you got a brother or a, a potential petitioner that says, well, I'd love to do it, but I work second shift or I work third shift. I'm sleeping about that time. Well, here's a great thing. We have what they call a daylight lodge is right there in your yep. area. I mean, you see, those are the things we keep just, we don't really think about. Well, we got one lodge. We got one building. We got, we use it tw- twice a month. Then we have our bean supper. You know, how much of that resources are we just throwing away for no reason at all? But I think between all that and the way you guys are doing, I think you've got a great idea, and I hope you keep expanding it and keep preaching it to other Grand Lodges. Thanks. Darren, any last thoughts or questions for Mike or Victor? No, I I really like the idea, Mike, of doing something uh, cross-jurisdictional just because you guys are F and AM and we're AF and AM shouldn't matter (laughs) at the the end of the day, right? Uh, I think that there seems to be, you know... uh, just my sense is in this conversation is that that your your grand line is very much more strategically aligned to what the future of Wisconsin Freemasonry should be, and I've always felt like in Illinois that we seem to just kind of change identities as the grandmaster changes. That that the grandmaster will come in and have have his strategic plan, but there's no overall five-year, 10-year plan for, you know, what what they want Freemasonry to be in, in the state of Illinois. And I think that that hurts us. So I think not only, you know, could we, we have so much to learn, I think, from from you guys, uh, but also I, th- I would hope that maybe they could look at some of what, you know, your grand line's best practices are and, and maybe also try to adopt those as well. So those are uh, my final thoughts. I will just thank you both right now for coming on and spending some time with us. I, I greatly appreciate it. Very much my pleasure. So thank you. Thank and you. I, and I would say, Darren, why, why reinvent the wheel? And we're organizations are notorious for that. And share those best practices because we all have the same goal regard at the end of the day in our organization. So I think you hit it right on the head. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it boggles my mind sometimes just why, uh, why we have to make things uh, that seem so simple, so difficult. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's, I think there, I think he's, I would say there's some of that cross jurisdictional things that happen because I reached out to you guys. I, uh, the uh, Working Tools podcast, I've chatted with those guys. Uh, we've got Robert Johnson coming up to our lodge here in Watoma on the 22nd of August to, to do a, to do a, what do you want to say, a speaker for one of our scholarship events. Um, there's a few of us members that are looking to actually come down to Illinois as well. To, I think there's a few of you in, in Robert Johnson's lodge as well, if I recall. So, uh, we're looking to come down at some point from uh, from Watoma, a few of us. And I know Jason Laramie from our Wisconsin Education Committee, he's been down there a couple times as well. So I think we're doing it because of the medium that we have with the Internet. And, and hopefully that drives that passion uh, that we can start to inject that from a multifaceted approach. 
Yeah, it's yeah. I'll uh, I'll have to. I'm so. I'm sorry, Greg. I was no, going to say we'll have ahead. to talk to RJ to to see when he's going up, and uh, maybe we meet up and do a field trip. Yeah, you know that's. Uh, I was thinking in Illinois, it's primary election day, and I won't get into political candidates, but I've been amazed how those candidates. I mean, I can't get away from them. They're on every single electronic platform I could come up with. They've they found me. You know, the gov the the governor candidates, you know, doesn't matter what it is, they've done it. And sometimes I wonder, you know, I don't want to talk to them about politics, but they sure know how to reach people. And there's probably, you know, some of the stuff Mike you were talking about and how we do that. There's best practices out there. Maybe we just need to collectively, like you say, go go do a little bit more of them. But I think the most important thing you both said as we started this conversation tonight was kind of the why and you both want more brothers and that's you know as we tie all this stuff together that's that's the why part and that's the important part the the education is part of that why but that's not you know why you should come to lodge it's it's part of it but it is the one-to-one friendships and and other things that you do develop through the camaraderie and and the, the the shared experiences that we have, not only through the degrees, but all the kinds of various activities that we do after the fact. And I think that's important. And we could do a, 10 episodes on some of my other rantings, but we're building community. I think our society needs us more now than ever. I think they need the, the values and uh, those that we should exhibit day to day. You you see it in the media and other places, maybe people are less than civil to each other and things like that. And and we can be a shining example uh, to, as an organization and as individuals in our communities uh, to help improve society. And to me, that's sort of like the tail end of the why. And that's that's why it's always been, since I've been in here and since 07, it's, that's motivated me partially to, to try to improve, to maybe be examples to others to, to get them in our, in our lodges. So. So mote it be. Ken, thank you both very, very much. Yeah, thank you both very much. It's a real privilege. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll get to run across you since you're our neighbor to the north, just a ways. I'd like that. That would be good. Love to. Yeah, and again, uh, you know, small world. There, Mike and I were in that class in Cleveland together for the the Supreme Council. And again, it's just funny how your uh, paths in life can cross just you know these various ways, either electronically or in person. So. Thank you both very much. We we thank everybody that listened into this episode and hope you learned something. If you did, talk to your Grand Lodge about this program. I'm sure Mike and Victor and, and others from Grand Lodge of Wisconsin would be glad to talk to you because all you need is that spark of interest and you can be the one that helps put this together for your lodge and bring in more brothers to help uh, answer that why. So uh, thank you again, everybody, and please join us again for another exciting episode of Meet, Act, and Part. Thank you for listening to Meet, Act, and Part. For more information about our show, visit our website at www.meetactandpart.com. While there, please consider supporting the show by sponsoring us on Patreon. Until we meet again, may we meet, act, and part.